0: Welcome to the Monday Night Raw review here on the WWE podcast. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about with the events of Monday Night Raw that happened on camera and off camera, including Omas and Bobby Lashley having a steel cage match, Edge teasing more members to join the Judgment Day Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes part three and the biggest story that didn't even happen on Raw in front of the camera but that we all have heard about at this point and that is Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out of WWE could this be a work we're going to talk about that and much more right after this
1: are you ready to live a more free healthy and abundant life Foodforestabundance.com is a community of passionate, freedom-loving people who want to build a free, healthy, and abundant society for generations to come. They're focused on creating a decentralized food supply by setting up forests on underutilized lawn space around the world. And this is just the beginning. They offer landscape design, blueprints, installation, maintenance tips, and a whole lot more. In these uncertain times, you want the peace of mind of having food security right outside your front door. They plan on growing food forest in every community providing healthier food free from the supply chain to learn more visit foodforestabundance.com use the code food22 and save five percent foodforestabundance.com
0: check out my favorite fitness and health podcast the fit healthy and happy podcast available on all major platforms the podcast is designed to help you up your fitness and get the body of a pro wrestler Learn tips from the coaches of pro athletes, celebrities, Olympians, and WWE fighters to unlock your dream body. So go check out the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast today. You can find them on all major podcasting platforms.
1: This is WWE superstar
0: Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast one that everybody wants, Me.
1: Jackie Lynch is going to Wrestlemania. Playmore! Playmore! Austin oh. oh. 316 says I just ripped your ass. Is, is my idol.
0: You're going to acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Tuesday, May 17th, 2022. lot of news to talk about, and I know that we haven't done a whole a news show in quite some time. That's been a a thing that I've tried and failed, and had some people start and and stop, and it's it's been hard, tough to get it going. But boy, would this be a fun news week to have somebody, um, or maybe I'll just do it, uh, just collaborate a news show and, and deliver the news to you and to give a quick analysis on it. But I mean, let's just start out. I mean, I mean, I am going to forego all the, the typical plugs and just talk about Sasha Banks and Naomi here right off the bat before we get into Monday Night Raw because this is this is a big deal, and CM Punk has come to their defense. Some people have liked that or not like that. And it doesn't seem to be, on the surface, a work. This seems to be a shoot, a real, right? I mean, boy, I feel like I'm one of the boys, right? I, I know the wrestling lingo, so I'm in the business, right? Um, but it, no, really, it, it does seem to be, if, if I was going to guess, I would I would imagine that this is not something that is a work in part of a storyline. I don't think WWE would want that type of publicity, if this was why, because of the context of what Naomi and Sasha have said about the company, or at least reportedly said, when they went to John Laurinaitis right before the uh, matchup and said, "Hey, I don't like, I don't feel respected, I don't feel safe working with a couple of the people in the ring," those are things that you keep, you know, to yourself. You keep under wraps internally, in, inside the company. You don't want news outlets getting a hold of this. That's bad PR. That's not good for any storyline that they're perceiving, uh, perceivably trying to create from this. I don't think it's so that's why big reasons why I don't think it's a it's it's a work. It's not storyline. I think it's real. And I think that WWE is probably feeling a little embarrassed today with uh, what they did. And uh, it did seem to come out of left field, I have to say. So before I continue, let me give you guys the rundown. I actually did a, a video on this, a, a quick couple of minute video on TikTok. On this, so if you've seen my TikTok video, which by the way you can follow me at the WWE Podcast on TikTok, I'm also going to start doing something. By the way, I I, I said I wasn't going to plug anything, but it's new that I'm going to start doing, and it's uh, called it's an app called Fireside. Now, Fireside is kind of like a it, it's a it's a app for creators that you can just broadcast. Whatever you're doing, right? It's it's just a, it's it's essentially a growing streaming live streaming pod uh, po- uh, app rather, and you can connect it to Twitch and you can connect it to uh, YouTube. So I've done that. At any time I go live on Fireside, which you guessed it, you can follow me on Fireside at the WWE Podcast or on Twitch at the WWE Podcast. I'd really appreciate it if you guys give me a follow there because. I'm gonna start doing some live stuff. You can do like a watch along. I may even start going live with when I record my shows, even though they're pre-recorded, I may start doing it because I think I'm missing something with the audience not doing video more often, I gotta say. And for those of you that have the disc or have the upgraded version of your membership on Patreon, you do have access to a few videos I've done in the last couple of weeks. So you do have that. but uh, anyway, so please give me a follow on Fireside at the WWE podcast and on Twitch at the WWE podcast as I start to venture a little bit more into video. But the, the reason I'm saying that is because um, I wish I was you know doing that right now because I would love to talk to you guys about what's going on with with Sasha and Naomi. And again, this, this seemed to come out of left field. I did not see any signs of this. I mean, Sasha Banks was just on Stone Cold's podcast, happy as a, a lark, you know, a couple of months ago. Uh, talking with Austin about her career and everything, and Sasha has always had a very weird career in WWE. Very weird. She's been at the top. She's never able to hang on to championships. Famously, she gets injured weirdly. She she just disappears for months on end. Uh, she just she's had a very strange career, and I think it feels strange because we don't know exactly what always causes her to leave. She's been very tight lipped. And understandably so. Your employer's watching everything you do. But if they end up being released, if Naomi and Sasha end up being released, which I would not say is out of the realm of possibility, there's going to be a fun podcast for us to listen to with Sasha Banks on whoever, Jericho or wherever, right? There's going to be millions of downloads on it. And I would love to hear what the ins and outs of what's been going on with Sasha Banks is has been over the last several years. I mean, this. while I said this is out of left field with Sasha and Naomi, maybe it's not when I take a couple of steps back, if, if if we take a couple of steps back and look at it and go, hmm, yeah, her career's been really strange, you know? it's It's been so hot and cold, and she's been out randomly at times, and we don't know why. There's been drama behind the scenes that we we've heard about, injuries that have seemingly taken way too long for her to recover from, uh, you know, she, she was tag team. She was the inaugural tag team champions with Bailey, the women's tag team champions, and then they disappeared. I mean, like th- that, those belts, those championships have been cursed from the beginning, and I hope they do completely away with it. I, I really hope they just totally dissolve the women's tag team championships, because I will side with Sasha and Naomi on this point <clears throat> that the women's tag team championships and the, the quote-unquote division have been completely disrespected by WWE from the beginning, from the very beginning, because there's never really been a true division for the Women's Tag Team Championships, ever. They just created, by the way, they, WWE meaning, created, tried to foster a and manufacture this movement for the women's tag titles, they had plants in the crowd carrying signs that look the same every week, which means WWE themselves made it and put those people in the audience perfectly on the camera side saying, we want women's tag titles. There was really no, no serious movement for the women to have a tag title division. Now, if they treated it seriously... I don't think many of us would sit here and go, "Well, yeah, what they did it doesn't you know it's not right. The WWE has featured the women's tag belts very respectfully, consistently, but they haven't. And the movement was manufactured from the beginning, and over the years, they have treated the women's Tag team division as less than an afterthought. It's like an afterthought's afterthought. That's what that it has been. And there's been glimpses and moments where they're like, whoa, they're actually, okay, they're doing something here. You know, there, there's, there have been times. Even, uh, who is it, uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, as much as we didn't want Shayna in that tag team, I think did a credible job at adding value to those belts. Bailey and Sasha winning the inaugural match said, okay, hey, uh, th- they're taking this somewhat seriously. But it's tag team that won it after tag team that won it. And they go missing. It's the belt you get to go disappear. That's what it has been. And it has been embarrassing for WWE. From the beginning. There has never been a true tag team division for the women. At any point. How do I know this? Take a look at this past year's WrestleMania. WWE created. Out of thin air. Magically. There were four teams. That suddenly wanted in on the women's tag team division, putting people together that have never been together. And I said before this match, look out after WrestleMania, at least half of those tag teams are going to dissolve and they won't exist anymore. And poof, just like magic before your very eyes, a slip of the hand and they're gone. And there's no tag team division again. There, at best at any given time. There are two teams that are, established fighting over this championship, which means looking at this from a mathematical perspective, hilariously, half of the competitors in the women's uh, tag team division are champions. That, that I, I know that, of course, the, the sample size is like two teams, but that tells you everything you need to know about how they've treated the women's tag team division, which has been, in one word, joke, that's all it's been. And I totally hit and feel with Sasha and Naomi on that point, 1,000%. Now, as far as the unsafe worker claim that they had of who those two people were that they were supposed to work with in that six-pack challenge that ended up just being a one-on-one with Becky and and Asuka, which was totally a great match. We'll get to that. I don't know who those individuals were. We may never know. We can speculate, right? We can speculate who those individuals were in that match that they didn't feel safe working with, if this is a true statement that they actually said that. But to me, it's not that. I mean, hell, they worked with Nia Jax regularly, and you never heard anything, right? Famously, one of the most unsafe workers WWE has had. And I'm not going to get into whether or not Nia Jax was responsible for all the in- injuries that occurred. She She's not. But at the same time, the perception's not great that a lot of injuries that did happen... Were on Nia Jax's watch in her matches, a lot of them. Some her fault, some not. But if they worked with Nia with Nia Jax somewhat consistently, and you didn't hear anything about it, and she was you know hurting people left and right, and all of a sudden there's two people in in the match that they didn't feel comfortable with. Well, again, to me this is beside the point. The bigger issue is, I think for them, and again this is me speculating as a, as a fan we know like you know this much i'm squeezing my fingers together we know this much about the actual incident other than what has been reported on new york post on fox you know wherever we only know these two these two items and i think if i was going to s- speculate and and pick one of those issues that is the bigger issue that really tipped the scale for them to leave a lack of respect on a consistent basis there has to be a pattern of disrespect I think for some somebody like Sasha and Naomi, especially Sasha, who's clearly the bigger star, one of the biggest stars WWE's ever produced to do this, to walk out. That's as big as it gets. That's the one no, no that you don't do. Even Vince McMahon, when Stone Cold had his famous walkout in 2002, the infamous take your ball and go home that we've now we're still talking about 20 years later. Vince said in an interview, I believe it was on WWE Confidential with me and Gene Okerlund hosting that show, that Vince said the one cardinal sin, you never walk out. You always talk about it with, with Vince, talk about it with creative. There's, you know, You voice your opinion in that way. The one thing you don't do is walk out or no show, right? The two things you just don't do, and they did it. So does this mean that both of them are going to get the pink slip? Hard to say. It's really hard to say. At the very least, we will probably hear on SmackDown that they've been stripped of their championships. And hopefully, maybe we can have Medusa come in and just drop them in, the, in, the, in a trash can right behind Tony Schiavone. Just t- take both of them. I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect the women, but you can't make any case. Nobody can make any solid case to me. That they have WWE has on a consistent basis, even for an, any extended period of time, doesn't have to be consistent. I'll lower the bar. Give me just a couple of months of its time uh, in, in time where they have actually respected the women's championships. Right, very hard to do, very scant. So, with that being the case, I, again, I, I do believe they'll be stripped of the championships on Friday. They'll be suspended likely indefinitely. Um and we'll see if Vince decides to pull the trigger and just flat out fire them. You know, he has to be concerned about of course the PR backlash. You know, wh- what is what is the public going to say about this if they walk out, they feel disrespected and then Vince McMahon says, "Well, you're fired." I even though Vince is within his right to do that, fans and supporters of Sasha and Naomi are going to look back and go, "Well, why?" What you fired somebody that felt disrespected. Did you not have a conversation with them? You know, all these things, a lot of speculation. I mean, that's the problem, right? As fans were do- left to do nothing but speculate and to really use these reports from New York Post and other media outlets to, to talk to, to use as our talking points and for evidence gathering. So uh, th- that is the biggest story of the week. Even though there's a lot that happened in the actual on-camera portion of Monday Night Raw. And we're going to get to that. A lot of good stuff, by the way. A lot of good stuff. I didn't think Raw was awesome. I thought it was good. I'd I give Raw a B minus. I really would. Maybe, maybe a B. I thought Raw was a good show. So we're going to get to that. But uh, you know, let me know what you guys think here. Because there's so much to unpack with this whole story. And things that are going to come out that I'm sure we're going to find out later. And things that we don't know yet. We don't even know what to ask to get the answer to yet. So if let me just say this though, if this ends up being a work, I'm gonna be very annoyed. That won't to me, it won't be like, oh my god, they got me. Good job, guys. It's gonna be that's a bad job, right? I mean they have credible news outlets reporting on this. Do you think those credible news outlets like New York Post, who are real news outlets, not wrestling related news outlets, are you think they're gonna wanna be pulled into this storyline? No, the answer is no, of course not. That would, just, that would hurt their credibility for them buying into a pro wrestling storyline and reporting it as actual news, right? So that's what tells me right off the bat also that this is not a work. But I think at the very least, they're stripped of their tag titles. And uh, there essentially goes the women's tag team division. <laughs> I mean, there's no tag team division uh, as it is, as it stands now. So, all right, well, let's move on here to actual Monday Night Raw. But before I do, uh, I do, of course, as I forewent for the, uh, the the plugs for my stuff, uh, if you guys want to get rid of those ads that you hear, and I, I, I know sometimes I got a lot of them, but, you know, it, it, it is much appreciated for the sponsors of the show, and I do appreciate all the support I get from people who want to uh, place their ads and, and things on this show, and, and I, I have no problem with that, but I understand also for listeners, you guys, it's annoying, right? Sometimes, sometimes ads are annoying, it, and nobody loves ads, but uh, if you want to get rid of the ads, you can do that on Patreon for a dollar, you get hundreds of ads, free shows. You can, you can do that. And actually, I'm glad I said that because, because I want to welcome some new patrons to our family here. And as I pull it up, because I'm embarrassed that I didn't already have it up. Uh, let's see here. We have a couple of new patrons that have joined us and those two people are Mike, just Mike. So (laughs) thank you, Mike and the grim reefer, not Reaper, grim reefer. So thank you, Grim Reefer and Mike, for joining us here on Patreon for the uh, ad-free version of the show. And you guys get shout outs just like that, even if you join the, the, the bottom tier to get you into the door and you get access to the Discord server and the After Dark show. You can also join us on Apple Podcasts ad-free, and that's 99 cents a month, $10 for the entire year. You just click the ad-free button right in the, the our homepage on your app for Apple Podcasts. Very simple. And I'd encourage you to do that. Or lastly, you can go to our podcast or on uh, our website at wwepodcast.com. That gives you all of our content ad-free. And right now, you can use the promo code Roman. That'll get you 50% off. So I'd encourage you to do that. And video is available too. So, all right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening again. And uh, let's continue on. And let's, let's talk about something a little happier. Something I enjoyed and something that... I think may split the audience in their opinions of this particular matchup and opinion. And that is the Omos Bobby Lashley steel cage match off the bat. I, I say, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was a well put together, nicely paced and thought out match. I thought it was, it was good. It was as good as it could have been. And Omas continues to improve. And that's the point. And for his height and size, the guy is pretty darn athletic. He does probably do his monster roar too many times. It's kind of his safety zone, if you will. I get it. He probably does it a little too much. But if that's the worst thing he's got going on, that's not bad. He has MVP to be his mouthpiece. I have no problem with that. Bobby Lashley coming out looking like a Greek god with his physique. My God. Bobby Lashley, his physique has always been amazing, but it's not just the physique he's got. It's how long he's had it. I mean, to maintain a physique like that for what, like 15, 20 years, like you have to really be dedicated. This guy is a machine. So I will say that it's not just like this guy got himself in shape for you know a few months, a year. He's been in shape like this for like 20 years. It's crazy. So props to Bobby Lashley for you know just being able to stay dedicated to this and, and how hard it must be for him to do what he does and, and, and look the way he does. But the entrance is great. He comes out to a very warm reception by the crowd after MVP ran his mouth and they get inside the cage and they start you know going to town. But before that Cedric Alexander attacked Bobby. I, I like that. that that to me made maybe want to see Cedric get his ass kicked. He got inside the cage. He took a big bump from Bobby and then left the cage. And uh, MVP was taking shots with his cane through the cage. And um, I mean, again, I thought Omos did a nice job selling. He did a pretty good job. There was a nice false finish with the spear on Omas. That was believable. I said, oh my, okay, he's going to win clean here. Nope, he didn't. But Bobby Lashley was ultimately successful after Omos power slammed him through the side of the cage. Lashley took a nice clean safe bump on the mesh that broke onto the floor and uh, then he rolled off after like I don't know 10 15 seconds to claim the victory. Now, you could nitpick and say, "Well, why didn't Omas recognize that oh crap, I just threw Lashley outside the uh, of the cage. Should I not grab him or just walk through the door myself?" It kind of made everyone look a little silly. But Herein lies the one thing I want to say about cage matches, and this is not this is not a referendum on the match itself. The match itself, when you look at it in, in isolation, I think was again really good. I don't have any complaints about the match itself. The one thing I want to say is steel cage matches as a whole, the way that they are, the way that they are uh, told to us, or the way that they are sold rather to us, every time they have one. And every time they have one, the way they sell it is proven wrong almost every time. What do I mean by that? I tweeted this out. By the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Underscore Audio. I said that Corey Graves sold the line as, as, a, as a good little soldier does by saying that steel cage matches are meant to keep people out. Really? Uh, Has he not seen a single steel cage match in WWE in the last, say, 20 years where almost every time somebody interferes? Like almost every time the steel cage match in no way at all prevents anyone from getting involved. In fact, I would say it is more of a way and encourages more interference than less. Because the steel cage itself is an illusion. What, what do I mean by that? There's no disqualification in a steel cage match where a regular match there is. Therefore, if there's going to be interference in a regular match, the deterrent is that there's a disqualification uh, rule in place, right? Like you you could end up screwing up the match because there's a disqualification stipulation. In a steel cage match, there's no rules, so people can just come in anytime they want. It doesn't stop anybody. Hell, they could just walk through the front door. Do you think the referee is going to stop the person trying to walk in? I mean, don't even get me started on the fact that somebody can just walk out of the match and, and cl- declare victory. Uh, I mean, th- That is a, 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 a an absolute mortal sin in and of itself that I don't want to get into. But the whole narrative that... That were sold, the bill of goods bill of goods that were sold every single time there's a steel cage match that it's, well, it's going to keep everybody out. There's no top. There's nobody that's going to stop anyone from trying to interfere if they want to. They can climb over it very easily. They can literally, literally walk through the door to get into the ring to attack whoever they want with no no worrying about what the referee can do because they can't disqualify anyone it's a hummingbird feeder for interference. It's in fact the exact opposite effect and the exact opposite result than what we're told every single time we see a steel cage match. So I wanted to get that out there that it's so frustrating and it's insulting to our intelligence as fans that have been watching for any length of time, really, especially those that have been watching for you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years or more. When you you hear this, you laugh. Because there's almost no instances of the steel cage being effective in keeping people out. Again, it encourages, it invites, it enables people to come in to the match (laughs) because there's no rules. You just climb over or literally walk in the door. It is hilariously infuriating. I mean, so I I wanted to point that out because every time we hear that it makes me want to gouge my eyes out and you know, put a put a pencil in my ear or something. I don't know. But anyway, so I have no problem with the way that this match was sold. And in fact, I really was surprised but happy and encouraged by the fact that WWE took the time at the beginning of the show, the very beginning of the show, to run a video package on Omos and Bobby Lashley's program. It reminded me what happened. It made me care more about what what I'm about to see. It was everything that a video package is set out to do. Remi- it's a reminder, it's an embellishment, and it is trying to peak excitement before what you're about to watch. And I think it checked all three boxes. It was a very good move and well-executed by WWE production and whoever decided to do this uh, to to get us hyped for this match. So props to the production team who we'll always do an A-plus job. I mean, they're... they're that must be a hell of a stressful job to be in video editing and production in WWE. The turnaround time for things is insane. The quality is expected to be, you know, through the roof. It's, it's amazing. So that was one thing I wanted to say. Uh, very positive about the open of Monday Night Raw and beyond the fact that I have a huge issue with cage matches and the way that they're sold to us as fans as if we're idiots. Uh, let's see here. What else did I have to say? Um, okay, let's move on. And let's get to let's get to something else here. Let's let's talk about something else. Again, not a bad raw at all. In fact, again, I'd give it a B. Oh, Alexa Bliss and Sonya Deville. Let's talk about this. This was something I was a little lukewarm on. I was wondering why are we going back to this? But it's good to see Alexa Bliss out there. So like you know, I've been complaining, and many others have been like, "Where's Alexa? Is she sitting in uh, in a playground backstage? Is she at a therapist's office?" We don't know, right? But we did get something new from Alexa this week, and that was new entrance music. The jury's still out on this one. I don't have a conclusive decision on it one way or the other. I have to I have to listen to it. Maybe I'll throw it up on Spotify or get it on YouTube to really kind of settle in and, and see if I like her music because her original music I like a lot. I mean, it's excellent entrance music. Her darker character music was eh, and now she's got this, and we'll have to see. I don't also don't understand why she's still carrying Lily. I don't get it. I know it's supposed to be a connection to her previous character, but either cut the cord or don't. I think I said on last week's program, like, you know, you can't be half pregnant. Pick a lane, and I'm not angry about it. I just I'm confused, and I think what would remedy that confusion is having Alexa just simply go on the mic and talk to us, like why the character change back to the more original Alexa bliss, but yet you're still carrying Lily. Can you tell us about that? Why are you back? What's your goal? Where have you been? We've got nothing. And nobody can tell me that as well. She's not good on the mic. That nonsense. Alexa bliss is very good on the microphone. She honestly, she is, I think got one of the more, uh, I think believable qualities in promos for the women. That, that we have on the roster right now. I mean, to me, I'd put her in like the top three in terms of the way that she delivers her believability, her go-all-in attitude that made the dark Alexa Bliss work even when there was bad creative. I mean, that's the one thing about Lexi Kaufman is she is got a very believable style to the way that she delivers her promos, and I like it. And the fact that they have not given her a microphone in two weeks is kind of weird. I want some, I want explanations from Alexa. Maybe, I think the reason they haven't done it is because they don't know. I don't think creative knows what the hell they're going to do with them. Or explain to the audience why she's just back to being Alexa Bliss. Did she get a priest and exorcise the demon out of her? Did, you know, what happened? You know, I, I don't know. And maybe we'll get an explanation <laughs> But you know how things go more than likely we will probably just be expected to just go along with it, not ask questions, because I don't think that they have put a whole lot of thought into how are we going to explain this to the audience? Well, they'll just come up with their own conclusions. They just want her in the ring. Yeah, somebody's probably saying that. But as far as the magic goes itself with Sonya, it was okay. It was okay. Alexa Bliss won, not with Twisted Bliss, but with a kind of a spike DDT she's got going on. I like it. I like it because a DDT used to be a finish. Jake the Snake famously made it a finish. It used to be a finish. And you know what? A DDT should be a finish. Look at what it does. It spikes your head into the mat directly. Of course, Uh, that's what's perceived to do not in reality, hopefully, but how can that not be a finish? That is as devastating as it gets spiking your skull using, having your opponent use all of their body weight to drive your skull into the mat. And yet it's now used as a transition move. And you know what? Even I have just accepted it, right? A clothesline, believe it or not, a clothesline used to be a finish. And yes, JBL had his clothesline from hell. But before that, way, 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 way decades ago, it used to be a finish. It became a transition move. Shawn Michaels, of course, famously, the Sweet Chin music has become I mean, it's as common as a as a headlock at this point. It's sadly as common as a headlock. It's a transition move. DDT has become a transition move. Now Lex is using it as a finish, and I'm all for it. I think that's a nice change of pace. So uh, Alexa Bliss gets the victory here with her DDT and I, I, I don't, I don't know the point of this other than Sonya is on a bit of a losing streak. So, all right, let's see here. The other thing I want to um, talk about Cody Rhodes. Let's talk about Cody Rhodes for just a minute. Boy, they wanted to let you know that Cody Rhodes was going to respond. Didn't they? my God, <laughs> my God, uh, they promoted the hell out of Cody Rhodes and his response to what Seth did to him last week, which was uh, stomping his head into the announce table. And you know what? It was I, I you know, I, I didn't think it was bad. In fact, I thought that his promo, the Cody Rhodes, that is his promo was good. So, the, again, the promo from Cody was fine. It, it was kind of a. If you've seen Cody Rhodes promos, this was a Cody Rhodes promo and that's not it's not a slight on his promos cuz he's he's good at them. He knows how to cut them. Yeah, he does. And I've said this before, but I'm not afraid to say it again cuz it's still a thing for me. His lisp is distracting and it takes away from his promos. I know everyone's thinking it, but I'll say it. I know I'm a, a big a big uh, tough guy to say it, but I'm really not making fun of it. I'm not sitting here making fun of a you know uh, anybody with ha- that has a lisp at all. I'm not. But but I, I'm just saying that for me, the lisp is distracting and it takes away from the content of his promo. And you know, guys, I know there's people out there that are like, yeah, I know. But you feel bad pointing it out as if it's some kind of disability, right? But the, anytime he's, I, I wonder if Cody can just maybe cut a promo that doesn't have any like, S's in words then I'd be very engaged. But I want to be clear, like, disability is a disability. I'm not making fun of it. But here's the thing with a lisp. It's correctable when you're a child. It gets much harder to correct when you're older. So, now, and I'm not a doctor, not pretending to be, but if Cody Rhodes were to ever able to correct his lisp, it would be a much better thing for his promo and and the attention that is getting that that it that is promos demand. I think it would even be better. Uh, it's like Jack Swagger, right? And I know some people made fun of him. And I, I remember there's promos on WWE television with Jack Swagger when now had Jack Hager and AW. But when you know people would say, "Oh, Thuffer and Thuckatash," right? Like, and people are actually making fun of it on air. I think that's a little much. But for me, Cody Rhodes' brother. Uh, if there is a way to correct it, please do. I know, I know, Dusty had one right we all know the famous dusty lines like we all um the son of a plumber all that but dusty did it in a way that was actually kind of like it fit him and it it didn't feel like dusty having his lisp was out of or or i think hurt his promos in fact i I think it helped in a weird way with cody it's like you look at him and you're like god you know you don't expect him to have a, lisp, have a lisp, and then he does, and then it's very distracting throughout the rest of his promo because somebody having a lisp on air is not common, so it takes away from the rest of his promo. Not in a major way, but in just kind of a slightly distracting way, and you have to like manually go into your brain and try to tune it out and pay attention to his content, so... I'm not trying to make a big thing out of it. I'm not angry about it, obviously. Um, It's just one of those things. And uh, I know some some people out there probably think I'm making fun. I'm I'm not, okay? It's just, it it is what it is for me. That's my opinion. And and, someone said to me today, like, uh, you you always think your opinions are right. It's like, well, uh, yeah, that's that's what opinions are, right? If I didn't think it was some, if I didn't think I was right, it wouldn't be my opinion. You know, so anybody, anytime anybody says you always think your opinions are right. It's like, that's what an opinion is. I mean, just by its very nature, by definition, you wouldn't you wouldn't have an opinion that you didn't think was right because then it wouldn't be your opinion. So anyway. All right. Well, uh, so Cody Rhodes, again, nothing crazy here. He did mention Dusty. He knows he's you know, it it seems as if he's I want him to get the hell away from Dusty. Please, can we stop talking about Dusty? the, the more he talks about Dusty, I think, and it wasn't centered around Dusty, but he mentioned him. And it's like, can, the more we talk about him, the I think the more regressive his character gets that you always have to somehow tie what you're saying back to your dad. Can we move the hell on? Dusty was an amazing, amazing wrestling character, one of the best of all time, promos, in ring, everything, legend in the business. But man, if you're trying to distance yourself from your dad. And you're not trying to feel like or other people feel like you're living off his coattails or just using his name as a crutch in your promos. Then stop mentioning him, please. To me, I look look at it as a a crutch. But uh, I I guess the point of it is to try to generate some empathy from the crowd or whatever. I don't know. But so he he uh, challenges Seth Rollins to a hell in a cell match. Seth comes on cackling and accepts. And then Cody says, I'll see you in hell. That's it. That's fine. That's it, but it was it was a good promo. Uh, it was a, just a, a very solid setup to the match that I think is going to be a lot of fun inside of Hell in a Cell. Now that leaves SmackDown open to have a match. What match is that? I hope it is the women's or sorry the women's. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. the uh, The tag team, the men's tag team unification match. How can it not be with uh, the Usos and RK Bro? They would have a potential five star match. They could inside the cell. Imagine it. So, all right. Well, uh, then I think that's a good time for me to uh, take some time for the sponsors of the show. But after this, after this break, guys, we're gonna talk about Ezekiel. We're gonna talk about Oscar and Becky Lynch. Los Lotharios versus AJ Styles, and I guess Liv Morgan has kind of joined this anti Judgment Day group. We'll we'll talk about that and much more right after this.
1: Are you ready to live a more free, healthy, and abundant life? foodforestabundance.com is a community of passionate, freedom-loving people who want to build a free, healthy, and abundant society for generations to come. They're focused on creating a decentralized food supply by setting up forest on underutilized lawn space around the world. And this is just the beginning. They offer landscape design, blueprints, installation, maintenance tips, and a whole lot more. In these uncertain times, you want the peace of mind of having food security right outside your front door. They plan on growing Food Forest in every community providing healthier food free from the supply chain to learn more visit foodforestabundance.com use the code food22 and save five percent foodforestabundance.com
0: check out my favorite fitness and health podcast the fit healthy and happy podcast available on all major platforms the podcast is designed to help you up your fitness and get the body of a pro wrestler Learn tips from the coaches of pro athletes, celebrities, Olympians, and WWE fighters to unlock your dream body. So go check out the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast today. You can find them on all major podcasting platforms. Welcome back to the WWE podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Okay, let's move on here. Let's talk about AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Los Lotharios, and okay, let us just let me talk about the match first, then I'll talk about the Judgment Day, because there's so much to get to. First of all, this match was really good, but did you expect anything less from Los Lotharios and two absolute pros? No. At least I hope you didn't, because this match, this is really good, I mean, and you know what? Angel Garza and Alberto Carrillo, I think, have they have something here. I don't know the depth of what they have. I mean, they, they they do get to speak a little bit, but they're all kind of about the, the trying to, I guess, emote the sexual aura of Latino culture. I I, I don't know. I guess they're just they're Latin lovers. Okay, <laughs> that's about all we know. But they're they do. Um, they do emit a lot of heelish tendencies and it still makes you want to see them get flattened and looking up the lights. So that's that the kiss cam is I can do without. I I would just get rid of that right off the bat. It's uh, it's very obvious. They have a plant in the crowd every single week. I don't like it. (laughs) Uh, And they can't, you can't tell me that every single week without fail, there's always an attractive lady in the same exact spot. Perfectly on the camera side, and willing to still do this every single week. It of course is a plant. It of course is, and and but that that also is the problem. Like I get the, I I get why they're doing it. It's part of their characters, and that's part of just what they do in their entrance. But it inherently takes away from the believability because you know it's a plant every week, like without a doubt. So I'm not a big fan of that, but inside the ring, no complaints. I mean, they're, they're really good. And in this matchup, they were out to lose to Finn Balor and AJ Styles as they should have after AJ hit the phenomenal forearm. And then uh, Finn Balor hit the coup de grace. He gets the victory. Finn Balor is on the biggest role he's been on in WWE in about eight months since he, infamously fell off the top rope during a championship universal championship match against Roman Reigns It might have been again six eight months ago and now he gets maybe the first big this might be the biggest victory in almost a year for Finn Balor but it was needed right if you're going against the judgment day you can't lose to Los Lotharios so this made sense for them to win I have absolutely no problems with this and uh, judgment day did not show up This was not not very surprising, I will say, but the promo by Edge and by Rhea Ripley and by Damian Priest was so well done, and everybody feels so comfortable. Even Rhea Ripley, she kind of modified her outfit a bit to be kind of more of a black suit. I love it. Damian Priest has one of the best voices in WWE. I don't mean promo ability; he's good the 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 cadence the this the way his voice sounds is so commanding it's it's awesome and edge with his mannerism sitting in the chair just being an ob- just an obnoxious judgmental d bag is perfect but also not just doing that of course that's partially the goal he can do that in his sleep the bigger goal that to me was more telling and keeps fans guessing in a good way is having him essentially have an open invitation to the entire roster to come join him and his line about everyone having to make a choice of either standing side by side or laying beneath their feet is so good. It was something along those close to that. Very, very good. But it also, again, the open invitation allows everyone to speculate about who could join, who could be next. And I think this group is pr- going to grow probably four or five, maybe up to six members. I think that's a little too much. I would stop at four or five, but still, it, it does it creates a lot of fun and speculation for us as we move forward. Of okay, they are looking, they are recruiting, right? They they probably have a job posting on Indeed or on uh, Monster dot com, or like they, I mean, they probably have you know something like that at least in storyline, and and it's fun to speculate as fans. So. I have no problem with this. And they even directly, openly invited AJ Styles. Now, I don't think AJ is going to join because he's right now doing pretty good as a babyface. As all of us have speculated, I think Finn would be a better fit if you have to choose between one of those two. I think Finn Balor is a better fit as he's a little younger than AJ. But AJ and Finn, as Corey Graves pointed out, have traveled the world together fighting against one another and side by side. And that's true. And I love their little chemistry, the chemistry they have got going on. Plus Rhea Ripley, or rather um, Liv Morgan, who joined kind of awkwardly at the beginning. I got to say it was kind of weird that when she was is almost like a little schoolgirl who's embarrassed by, you know, she's like a freshman in high school who's shy in front of the, the senior football player. That was kind of the vibe I got from Liv. It was not good, but she eventually did go ringside and she was being a little cheer cheerleader. And I don't mean that complimentary either because complimentarily, because it, it was, she was like, you know, a couple of pom-poms short of being a, you know, a, a high school cheerleader. It was, it was to me, not a good look for Liv, but yeah, it is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and rant about it. She eventually did get in the ring with them and did the little too sweet thing. It's fine, whatever, but it's nice to have a, you know, somebody for the Judgment Day to go against other than just constantly playing the numbers game of beating down on, you know, it's like a three on two or three on one situation that they do have the odds kind of even right now. And I do believe at Judgment Day or rather Judgment Day at a Hell in a Cell, they will probably get to a six person intergender or rather mixed tag. They don't do intergender. There's a difference. The mixed tag match between uh, the Judgment Day and AJ Finn and Liv. they don't have a name for their group but I don't expect them to because it's not going to last but anyway good stuff here no complaints the judgment day is a highlight of every week for me oh I'm, I'm loving it it's one of the better things that WWE's done in a while and I, I have a lot of credit to give the edge to that too so all right and do I dare want to I, I don't want to do the Vera Mahan watch I don't want to steal uh, I don't want to steal uh, DJ Kuzmo's thunder I'm sure I'll hear from him but uh, actually, no, I think, DJ, I think you, I don't know, maybe, maybe I, met, I read that wrong, but I, I don't know, Are You. I'm not sure if you're out this week, there was something going on, I know you saw, I saw something in the Discord, I, I won't disclose it here, but so if you're not here this week, I guess the Veer Mahan report, he faced somebody who is on the main roster in Mus- uh, Mustafa Ali, and that to me was a good thing if you're a Veer Mahan fan. And not a good thing if you're a, a, uh, an Ali fan. I don't know. I, I, I want to say Mustafa, okay? But I know it's Mustafa. that he. At least that's the latest pronunciation of it. So if you're an Ali fan, it's easy to pronounce. Not a good sign because he tapped pretty quickly to the cervical clutch. So that's something that is concerning if you're an Ali fan. That right now WWE is placing, uh, uh, placing Veer Mahan over you. And pretty decisively too. So all right. Let's uh let's continue on. Riddle versus Jimmy Uso. To me, you know you're gonna get a good get, get a good match, and we did. I thought it was a B, B minus match. It's fine. And I, I might give it a B minus C plus, only because of the roll-up finish. That for whatever reason, WWE has to get in every week. And, yeah, so uh, the ref did eject Jay from ringside after he tried to help his brother, and that allowed Riddle to take advantage of the distraction that uh, happened, and he got that uh, got the roll-up. So, yeah, but two great athletes, two guys that are in the ring you know are going to put on a good match. It's nearly impossible for these two to have a bad match. Nearly impossible. So, uh, good stuff here. Let's see here. I don't know if I missed anything. Let's see. Ezekiel versus Chad Gable. I know Ezekiel uh, Um, was once again under the gun by Kevin Owens. And to me, it's. Uh, it, I'm ready for them to either have the, ma- have the match and move on, whatever this is going to be. And e- Ezekiel got the win. He reversed some pinning combination. And um, it, it was a last-minute match. But it was fine. I really had no problem with it per se. But, you know, Kevin Owens continued to just push the narrative that this is Elias. This is nonsense. He joined the commentary team. It's a conspiracy theory that they're trying to push, I guess. And, you know, whatever. So, Kevin Owens, again, I will say it again for the 100th time, goes from the Stone Cold Steve Austin matchup to not being even on Hulu in a program with Ezekiel figure that out. So, all right, well, let's see. Oscar versus Becky Lynch was the main event of raw and wasn't a long match. I think they only had like eight minutes or so, nine minutes to have this matchup. And it was, it was as good as it could have been for that short period of time. And we had Bianca Belair at ringside. She didn't, she wasn't on commentary. She was, I don't think she was anyway. And she was just kind of sitting ringside, making faces and stuff. And, uh, This ended up being where we had Becky Lynch toss Oscar into Bianca and which is like a very common spot in uh, WWE, but uh, the finish saw Becky Lynch try to use Oscar's umbrella as a weapon Oscar then sprayed the gray mist, which we haven't seen in, I don't know how long in Becky's face and getting the, a big kick to her head for the victory which was fine. I mean, it was tit for tat, but would have Oscar still use the green mist if Becky didn't try try to use the umbrella, right? Like there there's a the million dollar question. Or would people not have cared and not looked at as a heel turn. It's not a heel turn for Asuka because only because we have a uh Becky Lynch trying to do something illegal first, but you have to have the green mist in your mouth to you know, you, you can't just do it on the fly. You you have to pre plan it. So it's clear that Asuka, whether Becky was trying to use the umbrella or not, would have still sprayed the green mist. But that's neither here nor there. And something we shouldn't even probably be discussing because it's not a heel turn. But uh, this was this was fine. And I didn't have any issue with it. Other than the one thing I'll say about Asuka, as great of a wrestler as she is, when she goes for her hip attack and she gets like, quote unquote, stuck in the top and middle ropes. Can she stop that? I mean, there's been times. Where she has hung out there for like five seconds as if she's been tied up with, you know, the rope and she can't move and she's stuck for these Uber athletes. There's spots like that that Oscar does that if you're going to do it, it has to be a momentary, like a second or two tops that you you, that you try to illustrate to the audience that, oh, I'm stuck. I just tried my hip attack and now my opponent's going to take advantage. Again, there have been times where Asuka s- literally is sitting there just waiting for someone to, to just kick her in the head or something. But uh, I don't know, L- little things here. So that is pretty much it for me, guys. I mean, uh, I-, I thought it was a solid Monday Night Raw as a whole. I think it-, it advanced some things. It got a match or two set for the Hell in a Cell event, which is coming on June 5th. Oh, and Lacey Evans, how can I forget? I had to go on YouTube to find this clip because it wasn't on Hulu. She got three minutes to cut a promo. And what was the promo? Eh, about the armed forces and thank you, everybody, for your service. And, and, you know, I'm driven and I'm doing this for my beautiful girls and all this stuff. that Like, look, I'm, I'm kind of over it. <laughs> like, I of course, I I support men and women uh, that, that are in the armed forces. I appreciate, you know, of course, what they do. But can we move on from the Saturday morning special? Like. I, I can't stand this sappy crap that we're all supposed to gravitate to and unite around. Okay. I don't mind it once in a while, but now this has been the entire thing for Lacey Evans. And then at the end, she says, I'm no, I may not be, be better than any of the women in the Raw women's locker room, but none of them are better than me. It's like, well, then what, what are we doing here? Like, if, if everyone is the same and everyone's equal, well, then there's no need to have matches for championships because everybody's the same. There's nobody that's better than anybody. It's a weird line. And there's reports that Lacey Evans is actually going to be booked as a heel moving forward. It'd be interesting to see how she does it moving forward. I mean, actually, it's a pretty easy flip to switch. Slip, switch to flip? Oh, boy. That's hilarious that I flipped the words flip and switch. Anyway, there, there's, there's some weird symmetry there. But to me, I you could... Flip the switch easily on this because all you have to do is start talking down to people a little bit. Let's just tweak some of the words. Start talking down to people as if they aren't motivated, as if they need help from you and, and try to blatantly use your story to get support of the audience, like try to exploit your past troubles to try to blatantly have a pity party for you. That, I think, is what all all you do. So anyway, if it continues that Lacey Evans every week is just going to come out and just sickeningly try to get people to chant USA or to chant, oh, my God, you're a mom. No way. Wow. No one's ever done that. You know, like, okay, I I felt sympathy and I said I felt something for Lacey Evans the first couple of weeks. I'm over it now. Uh, If those are true stories, I feel for you. But can we move on? Right. Um, We're not in therapy session. Okay, you're not paying me by the hour to listen to your SAP story. I'm sorry. Move the hell on. Give us something that we can care about. So anyway, I may be being a bit cold and harsh. I don't care. I'm watching wrestling, right? I'm watching professional wrestling. So anyway, (laughs) that's how I feel. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to my Monday Night Raw review. I'm glad uh, that you're here. Again, consider going ad-free on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. A dollar gets you in the door. 99 cents is also available on Apple podcasts for everything ad-free $10 for the entire year. Lock that price in our podcast. is also available on our website at wwe Don't forget to use the discount code of Roman. That'll get you everything ad-free plus video and uh, the uh, exclusive after dark show that's available only on Patreon and only on our website. The after dark show is a R rated version of this show talking about many other topics other than wrestling that are super or. Uh, definitely not for the family. Let me just say that out loud. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with the mailbag. Don't forget, uh, you can send your emails and voicemails. Please do that at mailbag at wwpodcast.com. Thanks, everybody for listening. As always, take care. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening
1: to the WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. and for all of these shows ad free head over to patreon.com slash wwe podcast until then we'll see you
0: next time